You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your host, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. No, no. What happened? He hates bright lights. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. And the second most important thing, have them regularly listen and watch on YouTube all the shows on the Awesome Podcast Network, especially this one, A's Revisited. Quick disclaimer, Mm -hmm. if you were like super excited for this episode, because Enemy Mine, one of my favorite uh, unknown movies from the 80s is being talked about on this episode. Sorry, kind of forgot it was Christmas time, so I had to squeeze in some Christmas movies. So (laughs) this week and next week will be Christmas movies. Of course, obviously this one will be Gremlins, but I assure you, the three fans of Enemy Mine out there that were like, finally, a podcast is talking about this movie. It will be, uh, I guess it will be actually be the first episode of the new year. So the first episode of 2014, we will get to it, I'm, I, I promise. And I, again, I apologize. It, is, it has to be on me. I was getting ready to go on vacation, you know, but after last week's episode and didn't think of the days and how they fell. Like, oh, shit, it's December. Mm-hmm. We need to do something Christmas-related. Christmas. And, of course... Faithful listeners of our, our uh, show will know that several movies we've talked about, actors who are also, or we talk about on the podcast, actors that are, you know, actors in the movies that we talk about and then other things they're in, and both Gremlins and next week's surprise Christmas movie have both been mentioned and referenced by me that they would be done this year. Thus, another who, reason who are you to again? do them. I'm getting there, Dan. There's a long intro. <laughs> it's, it's all coming full circle, like The Hobbit. It's eventually <laughs> going to get to a point. Just kidding. But of course... This is 80s Revisited, and I am Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. And our holly jolly producer, as always, Jesse Sedgley. Oh, yes. Who's secretly Santa Claus. (laughs) Just so you know. But yeah, everybody, Gremlins. Again, last year, faithful listeners will know that we did a couple of untraditional, necessarily, necessarily untraditional, I should say, Christmas movies in the form of a double episode with Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Two movies most people probably don't consider Christmas movies. So this year, we have one that's one along those lines, I'd say with Gremlins, but next week's is our first 100% true movie about Christmas. So that's the teaser. That's all you get till the end of the episode. So if you, if you can't stand it, just go to the end, listen to the last five seconds, and you'll hear what we're doing next week. Otherwise, wait through this amazing, fantastic episode of 80s Revisited. But to get started, of course, Gremlins released June 8th, 1984. I think this is about the seventh movie in a row that we've done that was in 1984. <laughs> I'll have to go back and check that exact number, but I know it's quite a bit. have been all have been around the same time period. Because when I'm researching real-world stuff, it's all the same shit that I see. IMDb, 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes, 84% critics, 77 with the audience. So I think we saw that last week, too, with... Uh, what was last week's? It's been so long. Uh, last Star... Wait, was it Last Starfighter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Last Starfighter, Star to where the critics... Or maybe it was the week before that. Anyway, so we don't usually see that a big difference big between, between the critics. It's usually the audience liking it more than the critics uh, most of the time. But again, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a Steven Spielberg-produced movie, so it automatically gets mm. a pass by some people out there. 
Excuse me. Uh, budget was 11 estimated. Opening 12.5. One weekend, it made its money back. Domestic gross 153 million. Gross. Totally disgusting. <laughs> no worldwide info that I could find on the interwebs, but rentals because that's always interesting. It made an additional $79.5 million in rentals, and I was probably about $2,465,362.47 of those. I wish. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, again, disclaimer, this is one that, this is a dear movie to my heart that I grew up with, so I'm going to be, um, or I should say, I will be, as usual, infatuated, almost to the point of jading my opinions a little oh. bit. But, Daniel, have you ever seen Gremlins before? I've seen it a few times. Okay, so you are you are familiar with it. It's been with, a while. Yeah. Did you ever see the second one? I don't remember. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was in the 90s, though, so we mm-hmm. won't, won't get to it on this podcast, but maybe our future brother podcast of 90s Revisited. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be one of the inaugural ones. We'll see. But anyway, this was directed by Joe Dante. He also did the original Piranha, not the ridiculously stupid remake, but also such 80s classics as the Tom Hanks starring in The Burbs. <laughs> it was awkwardly... <laughs> phrase, but it made sense in the end. Sure. And also the Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, Meg Ryan comedy, Inner Space, which is long overdue to be done on this podcast, and also the classic The Howling. So this, he's an accomplished director for this film, uh, written by a good friend of the podcast, Chris Columbus, as in he's done stuff on the podcast before that we've talked about. Not, I, mean, I wish he was our friend. Be kind of cool. But uh, of course, he also uh, wrote The Goonies. He directed... Uh, Home Alone, and of course, uh, I think the first two Harry Potter films, I believe. Uh, so I think you're right. Well known, and he also discovered America on top of that. So yeah. I mean, you know, some people just can't be content with being a world explorer and discovering, you know, what is now or debatably now the greatest country on the face of the earth. And he also lives forever. <laughs> some people, you know, that always bugs me. Some people just get all the breaks, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, is he an immortal? You know, in just a general sense, maybe he's a god, or yeah, is he maybe. a Highlander? Or an alien. Who knows? Maybe he has a limited life of a thousand years or so. What if he's a survivor of Krypton? Mm-hmm. Or what if he body jumps? Maybe he's quantum, le- quantum leaping, but it's, he changes physical appearance, but his name stays the same. What was he nominated for an Oscar for? Living forever. <laughs> Longest lifespan goes to the nominees are Clint Eastwood. Oh, I'm sure it's writing. It's right. It's I right mean, there. not writing. Uh, see, nominated for one see Oscar. more awards down a little bit. Nowhere. Right okay. there. Well, we will find out right now. Nominated for nominated for the help. Wow, didn't know mm-hmm. that he. Wait, is that writing? Doesn't say. Oh, it might <laughs> be producing because best because usually for uh, best picture the producers will accept it. Ah, uh, yeah, that must be it because he's nowhere in the writers or directors. Yeah, because I remember when, Gla- when Gladiator won best picture, it did win best director, and the producers wanted really Scott to come up there with him, but he was like, no, no, yeah, I didn't. Y'all produced it. Uh-huh. Class. I guess, yeah. whatever. Anyway, but starring Zach Galligan as Billy. He reprised the role in Gremlins 2, and he also starred in some of the waxwork movies from the 80s. I believe it was the 80s. Maybe it was the 90s. I'm not sure. Uh, he looks the same <laughs> to me. He actually looks like he can pass as Tom Cruise's like brother or something, especially <laughs> in his IMDb picture. Much, yeah, his career didn't quite take off after this. I thought he was, you know, I mean, I think he's, I don't think he's a bad actor. I mean, I've only seen him in two things, so I can only judge him by his work in Gremlins, but, you know, he doesn't seem like one of those that would have sort of dropped, you know, if Jerry O'Connell can still get roles, I'm not sure why <laughs> Zach Galligan, you know, didn't get well, a few Well, there's two more. O'Connells, so, yeah. Uh, that's true. But, uh, and then... Twice the auditions. 80s icon and one of the most beautiful women of the decade, Phoebe Cates. <sighs> that's the lovely Kate. Of course, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. <sighs> Drop Dead Fred. 
And of course, she's married to Kevin Klein, and she actually retired from acting, so that's mm. why you don't see her much around anymore. But mm. I believe she's around the age of fifty, and she still looks pretty good. And she, uh, she is fifty. Mm. Good job. Bam. Her middle name is Belle, which will play into next week's movie. Another hint. Damn. Some intelligent people out there. Not that if you don't know the answer, you're not intelligent, but some people are like, oh, I know what it is already. Good on you. I've never watched Fast Times. She's the one with the red bikini. bikini. Yeah. For a little while, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) She's gorgeous. Especially in Gremlins. Just so cute. Yeah, definitely. More so in the first one than the second one, which has her little, I don't know, whatever you call that, a bob haircut. I don't know. Right. Uh, hair designers, stylists out there will know what I'm talking about. But Phoebe Cates, I love you so much. <laughs> Klein is not going to last forever. I mean, he's he's an, he's old. He's not like you need a young. Columbus. You need a young buck. He's not immortal. <laughs> so look me up whenever you need it. And You're married, so <laughs> well, I, hope, I hope she finds one. Yes, <laughs> you, know, you know exactly. Things accidents happen. <laughs> Kevin Klein and my wife could die in a car wreck together, leaving only me and Phoebe That'll Cates alive. Questions. Well. They're not wearing their seatbelts, and we hit head on, and then oh. they meet midair, and it's it's instantaneous, no pain. My wife goes straight to heaven, <laughs> and then oh, and me and uh, no. I can't hear myself. Any, okay, there we go. Just making sure I wasn't cutting out for the audience out there. I but stand, I have. And then of course, me and Phoebe Case, after a long re- rehabilitation in the hospital, grow to love each other and live somewhat happily ever after. You have to give her a kidney or something. Yeah, that. she has my kidney. I have her, and she I have her lung or something. <laughs> One of her lungs. So we need each other. Right. But of course, this could only happen if it was 80s Phoebe Cates, because she's 50. I'm 33. I want want every ounce of that. (laughs) Yeah, just like Aaliyah said. And of course, it's all complete silliness. I love my wife very much and wish no harm would ever come to her, just for the people out there who are thinking, this guy is a jackass. Love your wife, too. (laughs) Oh. By the way, I knew exactly where your mom lived today. I thought you'd been to her house before, Daniel. (laughs) Many times. That's what I said. <laughs> I know exactly where she is. But uh, starring one of the greatest actors of the 80s and an, a, another alumni of the podcast, Corey Feldman as Pete. Yay. Of course, from The Lost Boys, Friday the 13th, Part 4. And let's not forget his starring one of his big, uh, better roles, I should say, in The Goonies. <laughs> but not, but most importantly, the singer of the most catchiest song of the year, for me at least, Ascension Millennium. And again, if you don't know that, we're about to, you're about to hear a little taste of that badass song right now. Am to get I? your new earworm, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I see so. you're looking for it. <laughs> so I was hoping it would play. I was, in fact, oh, counting what on what happened it. to it? Oh, no, don't tell me it's gone. No. Oh. No. Wait, oh, wait. Somebody's got a con- con- uh, conspiracy theory uh, discussion about how it's end-time symbolism. <laughs> okay, uh, if you want to know, hmm. just go just go YouTube it to check out Ascension Millennium by Corey Feldman. It's his music video. And I, in fact... It's funny je- that they removed the video. I guess the end time symbolism, you know, maybe they know about it. You know, the Illuminati. Oh, there we go. Oh, God, he's so talented. We'll just let that play while we continue talking a little bit. But, uh... All right. <laughs> no, in fact, we're just going to listen to it right now. We're now a radio station. Yeah, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and the new number one hit, Ascension Millennium. Come back now for the Friday Freakout Hour. <laughs> Only on AP, APODS <laughs> FM. But uh, also starring Hoyt Axton as the dad, Randall Peltzer. Of course, he was in Forrest Gump and also Tropic Thunder. Uh, Dick Miller was Murray Flutterman. He also was in The Terminator. And 
I think one of the most underrated horror movies of the 90s in Tales from the Crypt Presents Demon Knight, mm-hmm. which also starred Billy Zane and William Billy Sadler. Zane. <laughs> uh, and also, I think this is the first appearance of a well-known 80s actor in the form of Judge Reinhold as Gerald. Of course, he was in Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. And again, Fast Times. We're going to have to do that one very soon so you can see why I love Phoebe Cates so much. Not as much as Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. but... She's the she's the brunette '80s she Olivia Newton. It's good enough. It's a handful. <laughs> Burn you in the '80s. Good thing you're in a pool. Well, actually, no, because it'll boil you alive. Oh. I don't know. Whatever. That was dumb. <laughs> uh, and and especially K. I don't know. Again, it's a, it's one of those Asian names, but it's I don't know if it's Kiyi or Kiyi. Luke, but he was the grandfather that you know didn't want to sell the Mogwai, and his dumbass grandson on the back end gave it to. What if he's his having dad. trouble eating? Like, what? What if he can barely? You saw the shit in that get... store. He had his fine silk robes. He was smoking pipe weed and all but that it, shit. But he's, he's, they but got he's not going to sell it. He, you see what they did? You know, he, he. His grandson took that money and went and bought you know an NES with <laughs> Duck Hunt or something. Is what happened. What? Listen to what you just said and wait, wait for a video game. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I'm glad you said. That. But uh. If you don't know what Kaylee Lucas from, he's also he was the teacher of Kane in the television show Kung Fu. Snatch the oh. pebble from my hand, grasshopper, and you will leave. Which was I think was parodied brilliantly. I think on Living Color. Is that correct, Daniel? I know you're the Living Color yeah. expert. Jim Carrey was. Uh, what's that guy? Yeah, and the black guy come. Uh, David Allen Greer I think comes and does it and does it like the first try. Yeah. Like yeah, man, what's up? He just grabs it. Like, yeah, like mm. simple. And the, the dude's dumbfounded. Anyway, mm. Living in Color fans would like that. But uh, again, you are familiar with this franchise, Daniel. Yep. But uh, sort of. You mentioned it's been a while since you've seen it, mm-hmm. beginning to end, I guess. So, what's your opinion of these Gremlins? I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you always liked? I mean, do you have fond memories of it previously, yeah. or? Uh-huh. I don't. Uh, the main thing I remember about it, watching as a little kid, is Gizmo is adorable. Oh yeah. Like, did <laughs> they kind of make the Furby a little bit through his? The first time I saw a Furby, I thought it was some sort of like. Gizmo, line of, yeah. you know, Mogwai pets or something. Uh, the ears, the that's big what eyes. It kind of reminded me of. But um, the Gremlins, you know, star of the show there. Oh, uh, yeah. But, well, I mean, Gizmo's the hero. Yeah. He's the one that saves the day <laughs> in his Barbie dream car. Boilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Phoebe Cates, you know, read Fast Times, but she, she is pretty, like, she's one of, I mm-hmm. thought, uh, the girl a week ago, Whatever I don't know her name. Last Starfighter. Yeah, or? the girl from that. I thought she was cute. Mm-hmm. So I've been getting a, a little bit of cute leading ladies yeah. lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are the women that inspired my heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I did not really remember is, first of all, real quick, I like the dad's voice. Don't hear that. He's got a good. Yeah, yeah. he's got a good. But the mom doesn't take no shit from them gremlins, huh? She what? <laughs> she has what? Three, four kills? Yeah, no, <laughs> she kills three of them, and then the blender, the microwave the microwave and then and she stabs oh, one. Oh yeah and then yeah because and uh, then the other one's in the Billy tree. comes in and decapitates the other. and then uh, spike whatever his name yeah. runs off stripe stripe runs off uh yeah don't mess with her and, well i mean she did have to keep up with kevin bacon you know his rambunctiousness in that town that band dancing and music previously i didn't put it on here but she was oh. the mom and footloose uh she was the mom not not the mom, not Lick. I mean, uh, she's not Lick. Yeah, not, uh, I'm sorry, not his mom, but uh, the other mom, the uh, preacher's mom, John Lithgow's mom. So I mean, no, John Lithgow's wife in Footloose. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Let's double check. No, it's 
it's the other What's her name in there diane west no that's no, not her it, yeah i mean it's not kevin Bacon. i was the other mom the uh the, yeah that's more that's the daughter's diane west oh, maybe the, i'm mistaken yeah that's not the same lady she was in the lost boys we now, what's her, her name in Gremlins? I don't know. I didn't put it on here. I could have swore uh, it was her. Well, look look under Peltzer. And yeah. yeah, it'll be the other. Uh, I was looking for that earlier. And, uh, there it is. That Lynn. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Francis Lee McCain. But no, I'm sorry. That's what I, it's uh, Lorraine's mom in Back, Back to the to Future. Future. Okay. Excuse me. I don't know why. Kevin, I'm hungry. I'm thinking of bacon. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael Landon, you know? Michael Landon. <laughs> <laughs> Faithful listeners know what that is all about. Actually, not really. Well, they heard us talk about it, and we did discuss it. <laughs> the literal lost episode. But, uh, yeah, don't mess with her. Take him out. Put and, you in the damn she wasn't footloose. Huh? She wasn't footloose. Aha! <laughs> well, she's not the, the yeah, main Ethel mom. Yeah, McCormick. So, she was, okay. I was... You were right. I was half right. Mm-hmm. Not Not correct. I was precise. I was, no, I'm sorry. I was accurate. I was not precise. There you go. For those people that know that there is a difference between those two words. Anyway, but yeah, uh, Grim, this again, I hate to say it again. No, you did have it right. It's Kevin Bacon's aunt or mom or whoever he goes to live with. It's the same last name. Yeah, well, yeah. You you did that right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Diane West. I did, so. And then when mm. you said that, it had me thinking. No, it had me thinking of the Lost Boys where she's the mom. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she looks the same in every damn movie she's in. So. You got that? Oh, right. Oh, right. Cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, all I was getting at was that this is, this is, Gremlins is one of those that I had the VHS, watched it all the time. And the funny thing is, until maybe a few years ago, I didn't even remember that it, it involved a Christmas time. Because it had been a while since I'd seen it. Uh, and then when I'd watched it a few years ago, I was like, oh, shit, this, this is totally a Christmas movie. And that's added it to my rotation. That uh, correlation between Gremlins and Signs. With the water thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that water vapor doesn't hurt in the air if it's humid or, or snowing. Or, snow. or <laughs> you know. And that's the thing. Like, So gremlins are basically a non-water-based life form that is some sort of vampire. What about when they... That were, has vampire allergies. What about when they were drinking beer in the scene? That's that's the first thing I said to my wife. I'm like, you know what? They're all drink. It has to be actual water. Like, <laughs> I guess so. 100% if you, water. If you add soda pop or carbonation mm-hmm. or... Fluoride. Pops to it or anything. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and, and here's the other thing. We don't talk about these rules. Okay, don't feed them after midnight. What when fucking did, midnight are we talking about here? Greenwich yeah. Mean Time? No, Central no. Standard? But, isn't, but also, isn't it always after midnight? Exactly. Technically, there you yeah. go. When does it actually become not daylight midnight. again? Whenever you know. I mean, is are, are they re- is it related to the wherever they are on the earth? You know, like, oh, wait, oh, midnight's now. If I eat after this, I'm going to enter a pupa stage and evolve into a... Gremlin, and here's the thing. But, here's this is all preponderance, or ponderance, not preponderance. I've prepondered it before. I say it right now, so it's just ponderance now. But uh, anyway, all the other, you know, once Gizmo gets splashed by the dirty, and see, wait, no, he got splashed by paintbrush water, dirty water. It wasn't mm. pure water. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I got some questions we're for making, uh, we're Chris Columbus. We're we making to- a YouTube video about all the. The mistakes in this movie. Yeah, this is the YouTube video of all the <laughs> mistakes. Uh, we need to fix the rules then. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, let's... Okay, let's bright light's the rules given. Right like, now. bright light is simple. That doesn't need to be fixed. Although, I didn't notice in the end where he pops out to say, bye-bye, Billy. He, the grandfather opens him up and there's literally a light above his head shining on Gizmo. He's just like, bye-bye. So... Also, didn't they use... Um, 
That shows you the love he has for Billy, though. <laughs> he would take the fact that. that he would take that risk. And... They used artificial light in the second one, didn't they? I, what was take it? Take them out? Wasn't it the... Uh, they were in the lobby, and they had, like, something over the windows or, or shutters, yeah. emergency shutters, and they opened the shutters. That's what it was. If yeah, I remember okay. correctly. Because they're singing New York, New York. and Yeah. Because they're thinking it's night. T- oh, yeah, they set the clocks ahead. So the gremlins are in the building, like, oh, shit, right. it's 8 p.m. Let's go. <laughs> Whoops. Ah! It's like, I'm eating. It's so not simple. anything. <laughs> and, and actually, in part two, speaking of part two, which is, by the way, is an exceptionally good sequel, they talk about that. Like, when he's telling the rules, like, so what if they get, like, a a piece of food stuck in their teeth and they cross time zones and they eat. Yeah. I mean, but he, what I was getting at too was that Gizmo's like, Gizmo's the hero. He's a good mogwai. So, but all the ones that mute, that pop out of him because he's asexual and he reproduces with water uh, are all, they're all bad. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if Gizmo ate after midnight and he mutated, would he, would he, would that be his dark side or would he maintain his mogwai personality like the other ones did? So would be a happy gremlin. Yeah, he'd be like a good one. I mean, he'd look hideous and scaly yeah. and all that, but he, he wouldn't be able to sing quite as good. But, mm-hmm. I mean, would he be, you know, friendly? And that is a well-trained dog in that movie. You notice that, too? Like, all them puppets are going around. He's, like, very... Yeah. <laughs> like, a couple of times you see him, like, want to lunge at him. But, yeah. there are. I do have some questions about this movie, but that does not detract from the fact that I think it's a fantastic family film and a Christmas film. Although... Much like any 80s kids movie that has some sort of violence, like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, it's pretty fucking brutal. It, These gremlins do not die clean. Microwaves. Microwaved, blended, decapitated, shot, uh, melted, and then the skeleton comes out again. Mm. <laughs> Which uh, did nothing but remind me of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's melting. It's only rated PG, too. Huh? Wow. Exactly. And uh, speaking of which... Uh, what I was kind of leading into was that this was one of the films along with Temple of Doom that kind of rate like, hey, you might need a rating that's a little bit not R, not PG, right. just so my four-year-old doesn't watch this and freak out, which, I mean, hey, I saw this, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in the theater, but I, mean, I, I saw it at a very young age, and it was all like, oh, look how cute, look how fun. You know, it was never like, I never had nightmares about gremlins or anything. It was all comedic, but in in this day and age, it seems a movie like this would, if this exact movie came out with, you know, with, uh, with the same level of violence and gore today, it definitely would be PG-13. But you could also hear, like, this movie should have been rated R. This was absolutely, this is just disgusting. I mean, people are dying. Old women are flying out of chairs. I mean, out of windows of their houses and mm-hmm. everything. So it's it's very violent, but it's it's so cartoony. I mean, it's like when Bugs Bunny fights the gremlin in the Warner Brothers cartoon, you know? Right? I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the which gremlin? It's a gremlin? Where he's on the airplane, and like it's like World War II airplane, and the gremlin's God, on the plane I, with bugs. I, I, I sort of know what you're talking about, but I don't it's know the, It's the it. cartoon that has the gag at the end. They're crashing to the earth, and all of a sudden it stops an inch before the ground, and like, eh, out of gas. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the damn gremlin looked like. He looked like Marvin the Martian with a aviator cap on or something like that. He didn't look like these gremlins by any stretch of the imagination, but... Gremlin? Yeah, it's all. Yeah, that. I mean, we're just talking about. Oh, it is actually considered a World War II cartoon, apparently. Yeah, but in fact, I remember. Oh, yeah, there he okay. is. Okay. Oh, actually, he's more like Tweety with a. That's early. Cap. That's early bugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he was the one getting hurt and beat up yeah. and not dishing out the pain to Daffy unjustly. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's weird. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to check it out, so they can have a visual reference as to what we're talking about. But yeah. uh 
Uh, did, is this one that you watch with your wife? Because I know how she is with like uh-uh. special effects or anything. Has she seen this movie? Actually, it was kind of weird. The file you give, the thing you gave me, the flash drive, didn't work on the PlayStation. I mean, on my Xbox 360, the computer, or the uh, Blu-ray player that I had. So I actually had to just look it up on the internet and watch the full oh, movie wow. there. <laughs> did the, the next week's movie work? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I, that's weird. I usually try to ch- check them out beforehand, yeah. but that's that's odd. That it wouldn't work on either any of those options. Me and my wife watched the second that movie one. together. Cool. Because uh, I, I this was one I was curious because of the cartoonish nature of the gore and the violence. If it would have been one that she's she's watched it before, but I don't didn't remember. I don't think like she'd I mean, not to. one of those. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Plus, I had to watch it on the computer. So understandable. But a uh, little behind the scenes, some cool facts about this film. Which are always fun and titillating to listen to, and, and in my opinion, or to read them after I watched said film. But uh, during one night shoot, the problems with the gremlin puppets were so severe the entire cast fell asleep on set during the delay. Mm-hmm. Which you know, this is Spielberg produced, not directed, but Jaws had similar problems to where they all the actors would get up for work, you know, for the shoot schedule this day. Like, uh, the shark is not working. You can uh, go back to bed. And <laughs> I remember. Uh, interview Richard Dreyfus. he actually did that he's like uh the shark is working the shark is working we can work and everybody was elated that the that bruce the shark was actually functioning mm-hmm. but similar i mean because that's one of the awesome things about gremlins that i think still makes it look amazing is that it's all on it's all real stuff aside from a few uh i hate to use the term claymation or, or stop motion i should say scenes right. where, like they're walking down the street i mean it's but it's all practical on-set puppets which, by the way, let me find that little tidbit because this was pretty crazy. Did I not put it on here? I did not write it in my notes, but I can remember it. The Gremlin puppets <laughs> each were very expensive. They cost around like anywhere between ten to forty thousand dollars each because they're all, you know, mechan- They're all fully robotic controlled puppets. Blah blah blah. So when all the- when they shut down production for the day, all the crew would actually have to open their trunks to make sure nobody was trying to steal any of them because they were so valuable. And they're probably all rotted away in a museum somewhere or a warehouse since then. Uh, but uh, that was pretty surprising. But, I mean, they were exceptionally detailed. Yeah, it's a replica for $400. Wow. I saw an ET replica on GameStop site, like for those gamer points when you buy shit with them. It was like 175000 but I'll be damned if we'll be badass to have an ET replica. <laughs> it was like life-size. I'll just put it on my porch and or like drive with it in the passenger seat wherever I'd go. Just for shits and giggles. I think it'd be funny. Anyway, I guess nobody else does. That's fine. I'm hmm. in my own world. Uh, Used Gremlin from Gremlins. Gah. It's only up to $700. But I mean, it looks so... Actually, it looks in much better condition than I thought it would. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, they had the uh, Hoggle from Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. They found one of the costumes wow. of that. Like in, It was a piece of airport lost luggage at an airport, I think, in Alabama. And when they actually opened it up, the the foam and everything, even though it was sealed in a suitcase for 20 years, it was all deformed, I mean, rotted away and everything. And it looked like, you know, wow. uh, I don't forgot his stupid name after I done said his stupid name. Hoggle. Hoggle. God. Damn it. Uh, but anyway, it looked like he had, like, was a machine. Under, he looked like a Terminator. And they actually, wow. they gave it to a museum in the city because it was their property now being left in the airport. So it's actually in an Alabama museum, but it looks terrifying. It mm-hmm. looks like a creature from a nightmare. Hmm. But that's actually really cool. Like, I guess uh, just the, what they used in making these gremlins uh, back then were just uh, held the test of time a little bit better. Which is, wow. I'm shocked at the condition. I mean, that's like, it looks like brand new, practically. I mean, not brand new, but I mean, that's fantastic shape. This might be from the second one that I'm looking at now. 
Could be. Possibly. But I mean, but still, they, that's yeah, only, what, six years it. later, seven years later? Yeah. Still over 20 years old, practically, almost. $4,000 auction on that one. Wow. Which Interesting. Good to know. Uh, but Spielberg actually considered getting Tim Burton to direct this film, which I'd, that's one of, the, one of again one of these versions we often talk about that I'd love to have seen Tim Burton's Gremlins, uh, of course starring Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, <laughs> <laughs> or whoever his girlfriend was at this time in the title roles instead of Phoebe Cates, unfortunately. So maybe I actually wouldn't want to see that version. Uh, but he actually Spielberg went against it because at that time Tim Burton had never directed a full length feature film. Mm-hmm. Of course, Burton would come along. Uh, you know, with uh, Beetlejuice and uh, what am I missing before Batman? Edward says no. I was I was a year after because mm. Batman was eighty nine. Yeah, so I mean he hadn't even come along with uh, uh, Beetlejuice or anything yet. So it was. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Beetlejuice was yeah, before. producer. So as a director. Let's see. Bunch of Frankenweening. That's what Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know, which came out a year after Gremlins. So Burton was not a Hollywood presence just yet, but. I, he his, especially his early shit like Pee Wee and uh, Beetlejuice. Like, I think it would have fit the tone of this movie. It would have complemented it very well. Not that Dante didn't do a yeah, great did job and stretch the imagination, but uh, would have been really interesting. Uh, let me see. I need to stop like putting my notes in like a tiny font so they all fit <laughs> on one page. Uh, oh, the scene in the department store where Stripes chasing Billy with the chainsaw. That is a direct. Obviously, inspiration from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but like him running at him over the shoulder was uh, that shot, that scene was put in as an homage to Texas Chainsaw. So, in a PG movie, here's a reference to one of those brutal horror movies ever made. (laughs) FYI, uh, in Cantonese, Chinese, Chinese, in Cantonese, Chinese, uh, Mogwai means devil, demon, or gremlin. The Mandarin pronunciation is Mogwai. So. Mogwai actually does mean gremlin, interestingly enough. There you go. In another language. Uh, and Chris Columbus came up with the idea for this. Oh, that's the one I'd want. I want yeah. that female one. For YouTube, uh, people could probably see that on my screen. Only 239 bucks. Christmas is not over yet, people. <laughs> you can get a female gremlin, mm-hmm. life-size. Still pretty after all these years. Uh where was Oh, uh, the idea for gremlins came because Chris Columbus, in, when he was going to film school, and uh, he was staying in an apartment, obviously, in Manhattan, somewhere around there. But he kept hearing the mice scurry around. So we always, you know, it came from like, oh, what if those were, and I'm Some sure mice. he probably saw the Bugs Bunny cartoon. I mean, Gremlins is a, that's a known thing. Like, oh, the, it's the Gremlins. That, you know, we kind of use the terminology uh, ghost in the machine now, so to speak. Like, but, uh, you know, probably our generations previous, you know, all oh, them Gremlins are messing up my stuff. And I always heard that story. Like Futterman right. kind of. Yeah. You know. Talks about it. So, Gotta have an imagination as a writer. Exactly, and just something as simple as that—you know—something we've all probably heard at one point, you know, and, and became the basis for a movie that you know brought in 153 million, and then another 80 in rentals. I mean, we didn't pick plus up a sequel. pen when we heard it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or we, weren't, we we weren't a reincarnated, you know, immortal. Yeah, that's that has true. nothing but time to write no, no. on their craft. <laughs> he came up with that idea in 1647. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I was in the boat of it the took Santa him a while. Maria. <laughs> All the rats would scurry underneath the deck. <laughs> I can see that happening. Uh, and uh, we always like to talk about, again, we talk about Tim Burton almost directing it. We also always like to talk about who was considered for the, the role, the, uh, the characters. Uh, but Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez were considered for the role of Billy, which I think each of theirs would have been so different 
from what uh, I almost called him Billy Zane, but uh, Zach mm. Galligan did because he's very comes across as a very ordinary, simple like I just I just like to draw my comics and I'm in love with this chick that I work with. Whereas Judd Nelson, you know, based on his other work, you know, he's like, hey, mm-hmm. he he was almost he more like more likely to be like Gerald, like uh, Judd Reinhold's character. He's more of an abrasive, uh, not a big shot, but uh, just better screen assholes, I guess. I yeah, like mm-hmm, definitely <laughs> That's not quite as why meek. This guy's mm-hmm. not as famous as he. I mean, he know. looks like a. I mean, I can see him like in some like his based on his picture. I mean, he look, he has that actor kind of look to him, but again, I don't know. Sure, when he got the role, he's like, "Man, this is it! I'm going to be such a big star after this. Yeah, the sky's the limit." Seven years later, ring, ring. Oh, hey, is it Gremlins too? Yes, Bill. Uh, I can't call Billy again. They call him. Yes, Billy. Zach. We finally. <laughs> Billy. Wait, this isn't Billy Zane. Sorry, click. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Galligan and Ralph Macchio should have their own like <laughs> comeback movie or something. There you go, the comeback kids. There you go. Oh, Ralph <laughs> did a little bit more than him. Well, yeah, but a couple more sequels. He did uh, Outsiders. No, he did. The, my cousin Vinny was pretty pretty big in the nineties. Oh yeah, but we all, rem- we all remember three, one though. thing from that movie. Whoa, Cyborg. Oh, the video. Oh, wait, video game or Joe Pesci. That's what we remember. No, that's what you, you remember. Better, no, you Good. better not even think about her. Oh, I remember her. I remember that Tomei, especially in the Wrestler. Hot damn! I watched that movie in slow motion on high def. <laughs> Thinking of your woman, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, she's a good one. But uh, I don't know. Let me ask you, Jesse, have you seen Gremlins recently? Or I mean, I've seen it enough I mean, to where I remember it. Uh, Daniel, did you read any IMDb stuff about this film before? A little bit. Okay, did you read about the set that they shot it on? Uh, I don't remember it perfectly. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Did you notice any familiarity with Kingston Falls? Anything look a little familiar to you? Just a little bit? I think I remember now what what it said, so I'll give you the opportunity. Oh, I have no idea. Wasn't uh, it back to the future? Yep, exactly. In fact, the opening credits when Billy's walking... Yeah, well, he is Billy. He's talking <laughs> about the character. Uh, when Zach Galligan, a.k.a. Billy Feldman... What, Feldman? Jesus Christ. Uh, Peltzer. <laughs> Again, my notes are small. I just look down and see the first thing. But the street he's walking down is the exact street that Marty McFly uh, uses as his, uh, the end of Back to the Future to go... Back to the Future. Mm. Huh. Oh, the movie theater uh, where nice. he crashes into in 1985 and then backs out and drives away. That's the theater that the Gremlins are in. Right. That gets blown up. You even have the same street lights and stuff. Now, of course, some of the, the buildings have changed and everything. They changed the name of the movie that's playing and all that. But uh, and the, but the one thing they never show, and this is odd. You know, it's kind of funny because Gremlins came out before Back to the Future, I believe. Back to the Future was 85. Look at that set. That's, yeah. YouTube people, if you can see it. That's actually what I'm about to look at. It's an incredibly nice set that we're staring at right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's the, the there's the back lot, and there's the clock tower to the right. But they never show the clock tower in this film. In fact, my wife didn't believe me. I was like, no, this is a set. Keep watching. But the, she's like, where's the clock tower? Where's the clock tower? I'm like, the, it's behind the camera. You can't see. They're not showing it. But this actually came out before Back to the Future. So it's kind of odd to me that they wouldn't use that part of the set as a production. I guess maybe they want to make, you know, this is a small town. There's no big you know, big structure or anything aside from the movie theater or whatnot. But yeah, same back lot, uh, Back to wow. the Future was shot on. So the same street that he's walking down is the same one Biff chased Marty McFly and sent him back to the future. And I'm sure there are other movies that also used Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot did. But of course, on for instance of this podcast, this is the the biggest one, you know, it was before Back to the Future. But and of course, it's the same back lot that nearly was destroyed when we were talking about, uh, 
one of the Star Treks that we did that uh, what's his name uh, William Shatner actually helped fight the fire when it broke out because he didn't want to lose a day of work because he had to get back on set for TJ Hooker and he saved some dude's life. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I'll find that episode. Oh, or, wow. In fact, if you want to. Okay, here we go. Here's a quick reference. Uh, give you some more. Uh, it came from outer space to kill a mockingbird, Knight Rider, Magnum P.I. Oh, one of my favorites, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I need to remember that for Halloween next year. Uh, weird Science. Robin. Oh, wait, the television show. I G- should say Weird Science. Jingle all the way to keep it Christmas Oh, things. good point. Escape from L.A. Wow, Batman and Robin. Wow, I'm a st- what the hell? What'd they film? <laughs> I'm in the future now. How did I get to the future? Well, I mean, when did the fire happen, though? Well, is this just like pure stuff filmed on the back lot, period, I guess? or? Uh, no, this is the courthouse oh, square. Oh, wow. Okay. The fire was like in... It was in the 80s. It was, it was around maybe Star Trek Three sometime. Oh, uh, but it 2008, didn't... actually. Okay. Three alarm fire. Um... Previously been, oh, wait, here oh, we go. Yeah, here we go. 1990. Previously been damaged by fire in 1990. Okay. Man, they need to get there. They need to put a fire station right no there. No shit, for real. It's like the there, one There is a fire station there, but it's fake. <laughs> There's, it doesn't work. Where are they coming? There's no water. But yeah, That's it's been fun. around since the 40s. And yeah. Everyone knows it as the Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that made it famous or iconic, yeah. I guess I should say. Wow. Really cool. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the back of the theater. Uh, among other people that did the voices for some of the gremlins, none other than our friend Jones, Sergeant Jones from Police Academy, Michael Winslow, mm-hmm. and also Peter Cullen, better known as the voice of Optimus Prime. Which that was a pale, pale imitation, but I'll doctor it made it me feel. There you go. <laughs> in that case, it was a spot on, <laughs> spot on imitation. Uh, and this was really cool, which I never noticed the second half of what I'm about to say previously when I watched the movie. But when his dad's calling him from the trade show, uh, a little bit later on in the movie, after he's got the Mogwai, uh, in the background, you see like other people at the trade show walking by mm-hmm. in the phone booth and everything. Well, in the first call that he makes, you see the time machine from the 1960s version of the time machine, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, the one that dude sits in looks like a sleigh, and it spins. Uh, but then when it, it cuts, it, he's talking on the phone, you see it in the background, a guy sitting in it. It cuts back to Billy talking, like, yeah, dad, blah, blah, blah. But when it cuts back to the dad... The time machine's gone from the background, and people are looking around in the background like, where'd it go? <laughs> so it's, it's a really, really awesome in-joke. Uh, of course, the old school time machine movie was actually pretty creepy. I thought the Morlocks were fucking scary. But the remake with uh, Guy Pierce was actually pretty damn good, I thought. And speaking of remakes, hold that thought, because we'll get to that a little later on. But we're actually watching on YouTube right now. There's actually YouTube Gremlins and the Time Machine, and there's the Time Machine spinning in the background. There's Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet, another little in-joke. But as you can hear slash see if you're watching, they're talking about it, and it's in the background, it's smoking, it's spinning, and then cut to the uh, pupa stage, Gremlins on the floor. Imagine having to clean that shit up. Yeah, really. I wouldn't even be there still. I know. It's and look, it's gone. The Time Machine's gone. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> so, there you go. little... Little gag, little cool gag there. But speaking of gremlins, okay, this this dude in a shop in Chinatown has a previously undiscovered species that could literally destroy the world if it got wet. I mean, yeah. And and, and also they blow up the movie theater. You mean to tell me not one gremlin survived that? <laughs> and of course they blow it up, but I mean it's not going to blow literally like disintegrate everything in it. You know, again this is we're just playing semantics here. Uh, but obviously part of the theater would have to catch on fire, and I do believe fire regulations state that movie theaters, public places at that time period would have to have a sprinkler system. Oh, Ooh, shit. I killed like more. 10 of them, but oh, now there's a fucking million. 
Yeah. I'm going to go chase Spike in this department store while these other gremlins are, you know. They shoot off their backs. Like, it could shoot out a window. Exactly. Like, yeah. It could get anywhere. Which, you know, Spike kind of took his time at the end. Like, oh, I'm, I'm in water. I'm just going to, you know, bubble a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. No, I'm dead. I'm a vampire. So, but again, it's, it, again, everybody out there is like, it's just a movie. I know. It's just fun to talk about some things like that. <laughs> but in closing, Daniel, how'd you, so overall, your opinion of Gremlins? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, it's not one that I would want to watch once a week or anything like mm-hmm. that. I mean, but, I mean, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I love watching it this time of year. Yeah. It's, you know, one, it's of one of those movies where, you know. Christmas Carol to me. Not Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. I could watch that, you know, not too awful many times, but I could watch it once a year. Yeah, I mean, at Christmas time. I mean, Gremlins, I can watch mm-hmm. once a year, not necessarily at Christmas. I mean, it's not, you know, again, it's not a specific Christmas movie, yeah. but because it technically falls under the category of a Christmas movie, this is the time of year I choose to watch it. So, mm. of course, as a kid, I rented it VHS. Oh, it's over. Sat for five minutes while it rewound. Hit play again. Mm. Same thing with part two. Have you ever seen part two? I don't, I don't remember. Would you I've be interested it. in seeing part two? It's pretty entertaining. I, I, part two is extremely like for a sequel, especially one seven years later. I thought part two is great. I think it came out in ninety. Yeah, yeah. So six years. Yeah, whatever. So boom. semantics. <laughs> I'm not good with those uh, number things. Well, it was closer to being mm-hmm. on eighties. Yeah, I mean, it was technically production began in the eighties, mm-hmm. much like uh, I think was it Back to the Future three two that we I used that analogy once before on a movie that was like right at the tail end. Anyway, I think you're. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, you should. If you like, if you like Gremlins, definitely check out Part Two. I got the Blu-ray. Actually, after watching this movie, again, I didn't. I realized I didn't have it on Blu-ray, and they had a. And now again, go to Awesome Podcasts, AwesomePods.com. Click on the Amazon link, and then once you're on Amazon, they have a three-pack: Gremlins One, Gremlins Two, and the icing on this '80s revisited cake, <laughs> practically, The Goonies. Oh wow! All three on Blu-ray. It was like nine forty four. Nice. So you can get both Gremlins one and two easily. Just go to awesomepods.com, click the Amazon link, a small portion comes to us, you pay nothing extra. Merry fucking Christmas, Eddie's revisited. You can say that as you click that button. <laughs> or if you prefer not to use profanity, you can just say Merry flipping Christmas. Yeah. So You can say we, whatever you want, really. Yeah, I mean we don't care. We don't you know, we're we're not the NSA, we're not listening to you, but yeah. we like to imagine things in our own <laughs> our own little way. But uh, this week, Daniel, we have a video game rewind, correct? Y'all. So with no further ado, (laughs) reset. Video game reset. (laughs) This one's not the one that we were kind of discussing earlier. About the But yeah. Gremlins came out June 8th, 84. On June 4th, it was sucky birthdays to me. Didn't have anything good in history. So someone's crying. (laughs) So we went to the video (laughs) game. Who would be crying, if I might ask, if you remember? I think this may have been the one where Kanye... Kanye West. Kanye West's birthday. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> you sure you're not a hobbit, bitch? Either this one or the next one. But uh, June 4th, 1984, Nintendo releases a game called Donkey Kong 3. But I just wanted to get into discussion with Donkey Kong. Like, th- how many of the games you own? What was your favorite ones? We actually had a Donkey Kong arcade. Re- the real arcade. Oh, you're thing. that kid that I hated oh, growing wow. up. Yeah, no kidding. My dad bought. Well, and it was uh, Jumpman. Like yeah, it wasn't, it was, Mario. wasn't Mario at that yeah. point, yeah. Jump man. Yeah, so we just open up the little thing and press the button. Yeah, press the button to give yourself credits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Always, yeah, well, before I die, we'll have an arcade machine. I don't know what game it'll be. I don't, even, I don't remember where one. he got it from. I don't even, and I don't know who he sold it to. 
I don't know how much it will cost or anything, but we had one in for, say, about a year or two. Then we just didn't play it anymore. So. <laughs> My dream arcade machine would be the X-Men arcade, but the full, like, six controller yeah. or four controller, whatever it was, to where, Swings let's out. come over and play X-Men arcade. My favorite... Awesome. Donkey Kong was Donkey Kong Country. That's that. That was going to be my exact answer. I played. That was one of the few games, like probably one of the earliest games where I beat it, went back, started yeah. over, beat it a different profile, beat it again. Donkey Kong sixty four to me was fun, but it became repetitive because there was there was moments where only one of the certain monkeys could go do something, so you had to go back to like world number one, for example. With another monkey and do it. It's a lot of repetitiveness yeah. to it. But it, it was good. Country um, by far. That was a fucking masterpiece. He's, he's probably, you would say, the third most recognizable Nintendo kind of mascot. I, mean, I guess you're saying Link would be more. I would say Donkey Kong would probably be number two. I would I mean, think, if you're I think more Link people would know Link two. and Mario. And, and I'm not meaning people might know Luigi or Peach. I'm just saying in the main yeah. vein. I mean, I would I would put Donkey Kong second. I mean, oh, really? I, because here, here here's why. Show my mom a picture of Link. Oh, is that Zelda? No. Yeah. Mom, his name is Link. Is it Peter Pan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, gamers. I would say gamers by far, you know, as a consensus. But I think like you know, most people know Donkey Kong. Older, mm-hmm. pe- you know, people who might not necessarily be gamers now. I think he's. I would say just yeah. ex- and especially with, I mean, Zelda games, you know, come out so. In fr- well, a little more now, I guess, than back in the day. But I mean, you had Donkey Kong Country. I think was probably one of the biggest games for the, uh, the Super NES, uh, Super NES yeah. for the longest time. He uh, he made some money for Nintendo. Oh yeah, and, oh, that, and for the time, that game was phenomenal looking. Oh, just, I mean, oh yeah, amazing, so cool. And uh, in fact, like I still need to go. Well, I'm, before I forget, I need to write myself a note and go get a damn classic controller for the Wii so I can fucking play it again. The Wii? Yeah, I have one. You have an extra classic controller? No, I don't have an extra. <laughs> I have one. An extra? Yeah. Okay. Can I borrow? <laughs> yeah. You can't play with a GameCube controller? No, I don't have a GameCube controller. I just had the regular Wii. I didn't real. I actually, uh, and I traded in some stuff a whole a long time ago. I traded in the classic controller because I get like five bucks for it, but I didn't think. And then a while, I might have mentioned this on the podcast. I went back to try to play Met- Super Metroid. Couldn't play Super Metroid. You have to have the classic. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'll play I have Don- it. I, I never like, use it. I'll play Donkey Kong. Because all I fuck! play is Mario Kart. I wish, <laughs> wish my wife could do that. Be some interesting uh, things this? going on. Yeah, <laughs> hold a balloon between her back and her back of her thighs. Yeah, going back to the arcade <laughs> machine. Yeah, Jesse. But uh, 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 knowing that you used to actually have a Donkey Kong arcade machine, have you ever seen a documentary called The King of Kong? Nope. Excuse me. It was on YouTube, but it's about basically the people that play Donkey Kong at a the highest possible competitive mm-hmm. level, like as in beating Guinness World Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main guy I forget his name I can see his face he looks like Jesus but he wears like goofy ties Billy something Scott our old roommate that passed away would could spout it off the top said Billy Hayes it's not Billy Mays Zane no <laughs> that's I don't even want to look at the rest of the list yeah uh, that's if, not true if number two is that guy I don't yeah no it's not that guy. <laughs> It's that a is top so 10s.com most recognizable video game characters. Number one's Mario. Yeah. Number two is Soap McTavish well, from Call had, of Duty. This is somebody's creation. Yeah, I mean, it's not like an official list, but that's yeah, just... That's complete BS. No, but actually, the, the thing that this is is sad because a lot of kids... Yeah. ...that he is what Mario, Link, Zelda... Mm-hmm. Really? Was to, I would say so because, I mean... I mean, I played it, and 
Same. I mean, never I, connected to me. I agree. Character. I agree completely. Yeah. However, like uh, one of the girls that works with me, her son, you know, loves Call of Duty, and he talks about how awesome that dude, you know, the characters are. I was like, okay. Pac-Man's number four. If someone sees that little yellow thing, they're like, what is that? Was this? Oh, it's Soap McTavish in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who Who is Sean Devlin? I don't know that name. Irish saboteur. What the hell, Sean Devlin? I don't know. Is that from that damn that that's uh, the Saboteur maybe that game called Saboteur? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I never played it. Sonic was six. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's what it is with the little hat. It's yeah, the list is already list. invalidated. I know it's ridiculous. But anyway, okay. another he just this Call of Duty fanboy. Yeah, it is. Bowser Jr. in the top ten, but not Bowser. But not Bowser. <laughs> yeah, like how is Junior better than his dad? Oh man. <laughs> Wow. He's probably no, like eight, 11. Yeah, that's an mm. 11, 12-year-old kid. Like, yeah, uh, I'm a gamer. Oh, I be- I have to put like these people in there simply because I don't like them, but this gives me cred saying that, yeah, mm. Mario is great, but Soak Tavish is almost as great. And I'm not hating on Call of Duty. My brother works for Infinity War. Mm. Yeah. But their characters aren't necess- are, are not mar- iconic level of Mario or Solid Snake or anything like that. I mean, that's a fact. If you think that, I'm sorry that but you're wrong so according to guinness it's pac-man is the most yeah yeah i mean he sold the most i I can even i can't argue that one yeah yeah his own damn cartoon his own damn comic book but anyway that was video game reset (laughs) yep that does it uh in the real world again this released june 8th 1984 on the same day, a deadly F5 tornado nearly destroys the town of Barnveld, Wisconsin, killing nine people, injuring nearly 200, and causing over $25 million in damage. But now let me tell you what really happened. Helen Hunt's parents were in that, right? <laughs> You're close. They came to investigate it, but what Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton found blew their minds. Is there an F5? <laughs> I meant the one when she was I a little girl. I tried to get my Jamie yeah. Dirt's in When there. she was a little girl. Oh. You know, that, <laughs> but, uh... The, Again, do you really think this is a coincidence this happened on the same day that Gremlins released? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory here, but I'll be damned if there probably was not a Mogwai in some Chinatown shop there. Oh, shit, it's raining. I don't listen to the rules because I live in motherfucking Wisconsin. No offense to Wisconsinians out there. Oh, damn, it's raining. Oh, shit, my Mogwai got sucked up by this tiny tornado that's now a Gremlin NATO multiplying. I'm just saying. <laughs> now on Sci-Fi. Uh, copyright 2013 80s revisited Trey Harris essentially Dennis Attentola Gremlins F5 Grimnado because <laughs> we own Gremlins <laughs> yeah truth <laughs> <laughs> well actually I don't know if, I mean it's you know it's like somebody copyrighting Bigfoot or Sasquatch I mean Gremlins is a term I wonder if that's true as long as I, we don't take the puppetry yeah the look the exact look of it maybe we just make them blue yeah we'll just bleach them It'll yeah. be big white <laughs> I think that could work uh, let's see. Uh, Back to the Future this week is going to tie into our uh, an email we got. I'll go ahead and knock that out of the way as soon as I bring up my email on my handy dandy iPhone five, not S though. Again, Christmas hint. <laughs> I'm just saying, sixty four gig, please. Sixty four gig. Well, you're a producer. You deserve. <laughs> you deserve it. What do we do? We just talk. Yeah, stuff. Just type out. Fill up the tiny time. sheets. <laughs> But anyway, we got a great email from a listener, uh, Harry Dempsey. Actually, just got it, uh, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, and at first I thought it was junk mail because the title was, not sure if you've seen this. And let me tell you, <laughs> not many e- emails that you actually want to read start off with that, but I'm glad I, I read it. 
Uh, I'll just kind of breeze through real quick. Uh, first of all, thanks for the show. You're welcome. Uh, I found your show through a chain of events where I started to play Hero Clicks and looked out for every podcast I could find that talked about it. In doing so, we came across Duo Attack, which is one of the other uh, podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network. And uh, he started with that. And Duo Attack is a gateway drug into uh, Geekly Dose, which mm-hmm. finally, when you hit the Class 5 narcotic of 80s Revisited, you're hooked for life on AwesomePods.com. And just mentioned, of course, uh, Geekly Dose is kind of on a indeterminate hiatus right now. But if uh, you did like the, the the content of the show, uh, Tim Bridgewater from uh, Geekly Dose does do a Legend of Korra podcast, a Republic City Report. But then also uh, his co-host Stephen Osentelli will be coming out with a new one shortly called uh, Nintendos. Is that still? Yeah. So keep a. He's a, done one episode. We're going to bank a few and then put them out. Oh, awesome! So keep an ear out for that very soon. And. Uh, Duo Attack is still alive and kicking, uh, much more than it was a year ago this time, uh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, right? we're back. Yeah. We're back it's, on a schedule again. It's, it's, so it's out there. So hope you, hopefully you're still playing Hero Click. so definitely... It's every two weeks, though. There you go. Because I, I, uh, I know for a fact that uh, I use my iPhone for podcasts uh, to listen to, and that if I don't yeah. check them every two weeks or so to make sure the episodes are coming, it'll automatically kind of not pop up on my feed that I have a new episode or something up, so I sometimes have to manually refresh Do you use the iTunes? episodes. I use the uh, or the iPod, uh, the podcast app. Oh, really? I use Stitcher. I, I need to uh, honestly. It's just a habit of pushing the podcast one. Really? Stitcher is See, better. Mine, mine's the habit of hitting Stitcher. And I did do Stitcher at first, but the, the only reason I like the podcast one is because I was u- listening to a lot of shows that weren't on Stitcher. Right. That's so a, that's it was more sense. like I was using that to filter through things. But Stitcher works, and Stitcher more so than the podcast app remembers where you're at in the podcast, like when you close it out. Right. Po- uh, the iTunes podcast app does not, which hey, uh, you need to fix that. Yeah, I like Stitcher. But uh, anyway, let me get back to this email. Um, uh, as a, To continue where I left off, as a 31-year-old, many of the movies you discuss also hold a special place in my heart. Ah, a listener after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for the work you put in the show. Again, you're welcome. And now for the reason for this email, and also tying into this week's Back to the Future. Uh, it was announced this week that they're doing they're rebooting Hollywood is out of ideas so they're rebooting a beloved 80s franchise this time in the form of one that we have covered on the podcast and is dear to all of our hearts it's a hell of a long delay (laughs) on our YouTube feed but uh, anyway uh, unfortunately I'm talking about none other than the Naked Gun Uh, some of you listeners out there and viewers might have heard that they're rebooting the Naked Gun this time with none other than Hangover star Ed Helms what playing the role of can. Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Uh, and But Harry asks, you know, he would love to hear our take on this casting. Uh, does anybody want to start before I begin? I'm Any just thoughts? probably not going to watch the movie. I mean, even, you know, when it's out. I yeah, mean, not no. in a theater, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to pay money to watch this movie. This yeah. is another situation of why not call it something else. Yeah. Yep. Why not give him Because the name's going to make money. That's true. Is it... Is it really though? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I would. I mean, it's. It, I'm kind of torn here because Naked Gun had a had a. It's one of those few movie series that had a good trilogy. Every one of them's fantastic, yeah. fun. Like it's just it's amazing. And now it's like, oh, let's reboot it. Now, of course, we all know my feelings on 90 percent of the reboots out there. We can count good remakes slash reboots on one hand. Uh, my, to be honest, Harry. Ed, I loved Ed Helms on The Office, mm-hmm. but guess what? He's that same character in every movie. The Hangover. He's that basically that same character. With except, glasses, though. Yeah, <laughs> good point. In 
you know, we're the Millers. He's that same character except a drug tycoon. He's, I'm, he's not a, he, I find him funny, but I don't like him, if that makes any sense. I, I'm not an Ed Helms fan. I'm not a fan of The Hangover. I thought it was exceptionally overrated. Uh, again, that's just me. I mean, the funniest part for The Hangover were the pictures at the end. Mm-hmm. They're in the credits. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought The Hangover was okay. Eh. I, I, I mean, I were, and when I saw The Hangovers, except the third one, I was not a Bradley Cooper fan. Although, he's kind of, I do like him more as an actor. Now with this recent, more serious non, hey, I'm Bradley Cooper with my shirt off work. So, but Ed Helms is Ed Helms when I see him, like much like Seth Rogen. Oh, there's Seth Rogen. There's not, or, oh, there's Danny McBride. There's not many sides of him. Exactly. Now, um, I will say he's a fit for, I mean, like his, his, the way the actor that he the acting that he does is sort of along those lines, and it it probably will be somewhat funny, but you know it's not going to eclipse the original in any form or fashion. Like I don't it, think. Yeah, I mean, like if the next Call of Duty game that Infinity Ward makes is not called Call of Duty, is it going to sell as much? Hell no, no. no. Um, but go ahead, Jesse. I know you had a thought coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to be able to deliver a product that Leslie Nielsen <laughs> delivered. Yeah. Uh, the thing that was so successful about that last one, everything was played straight. Yeah. And uh, they really fell off of that, like, with the scary movies and everything. Everybody oh, yeah. Like, Good point. Eyebrows up and everything's big now. Now we know we're in a silly movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they go that route, it's going to... Uh, people are going to forget about it. But if they play everything straight like they did before, uh, they could di- have hope. Who's directing it? Do they have a director? Yet? I think the writers of it are the writers of... Uh, I do know that much is uh oh, what is oh, it the Fockers or some no, I mean uh, no um uh, not the museum I'm sorry oh That's I who, thought it was the guys that did um, the cop movies <sighs> police think, academy what? no the the recent ones excuse we'll, me we'll see we'll see if it's up here Stretch, uh, it's just not tiny. even on here but uh the little thing I, the link that uh Harry sent us uh, had a, let me see if I can pull it up real quick just to. See what other info they have, but I did see like it's the writers of uh, not the museum. Let me see, not the museum writers on board to script it. Uh, let's see, Frank Drebin coming back. Blah 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 blah. Scripting team of Thomas Lennon and Arben Garant. Okay, and Reno nine one one. That's yeah. really what I'm thinking. Thomas about. Lennon, we all know who he is. You know, he has the short shorts on. Oh, uh, Lieutenant Dangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and he's even an actor too. I would like to see him. As the Trevor, even though we kind of did it on you know, 911, but it was, again, yeah, that was played. And he, I, I love it. He's a great actor. Like, And he'll play like those random one little villains in some movies. Or I'm trying to think it was where we speak with an accent, but he's great. Like, I like him. He's a yeah. very talented actor. Uh, uh, a recent contemporary to like a, what a modern naked gun might end up being, in a sense, well, a good example would be Hot Fuzz, I mm-hmm. think, in a way, because in, in English humor is different. Uh, you know, England English humor is a little bit different, but it was it was played very seriously. But of course, it has a huge blonde action scene at the end, and uh, it has a little more serious plot, although it's very humorous. However, The Naked Gun is about you know some criminal masterminds trying to take over the world, but he's, he has bungling henchmen, kind of thing, and then but the people trying to stop him are even more defunct than the villains henchmen. It's by pomp and circumstance that you know Drevin stumbles upon it or the clue randomly or. O.J. Simpson, for that matter. All right. Well, that puzzle piece of the writers works for me. Uh, the, the way this could fail is if the producers or the director sucks. Because if they played out like Reno 911, that was played straight. Yeah. It could work. 
Yeah, they weren't. That makes me they more weren't like we're in a silly place. They were like we're all real cops, but these weird things are, you know. Yeah, and Ooh. and honestly, I mean, that, and that's a that's a really good comparison because Reno Nine One, if nothing, is a modern police squad, which was yeah. the show that spawned the Naked Gun. So, and the Reno Nine One One movie was hilarious. Mm. Yeah, it was. I mean, surprise! Like I, I was still shocked. think of that uh, that long shot. With the hotel, yeah, or with the windows or anything going on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was well done. It's a great movie. So, uh, but to answer your question, Harry, uh, I think the general consensus here is, well, I don't know if there's a general one because Daniel doesn't want to see it. No, I mean, I, right now I wouldn't go watch another theater. Okay, I would yeah. agree with that. I would, I would, but it does have a good good writing can go a long way if it's handled good on the other end. A good, I mean, a good script can go bad. The, quickly yeah, that's like i love leslie like leslie nielsen is there another frank Drebin? well the thing okay can they make it his son maybe yeah, that's what i'm about to say here's how they can ease ease that instantly oh so you're drebin's son yeah okay okay i'm okay that's okay okay that's good that's good it's he's like not somebody frank drebin. else playing indiana jones yeah, yeah. Just, well oh well they already did tried to pull that shit <laughs> by yeah, saying powder. that oh shia labeouf well i mean that that young indiana oh. jones with <laughs> the end of that which we do not name like oh yeah you're my son but he tells him, he puts the hat on his head. You've seen it, you know, mm. not yet, which was the crowning point of that movie where he's like, I'm like, thank God that he's not that's, actually that's handing over the hat. That movie is just playing. I'm waiting for the Rift Tracks version <laughs> right. of that. While well, we do it. Yeah, we're not as funny as those dudes. <laughs> yeah, we could do it as a bonus and Don't maybe I'm... give all proceeds to a charity or something. Hey. If you'd like to see it, send us an email at asiavisit at gmail.com. Go. Uh, go, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're running long, not that we care. But uh, what's your score for Gremlins, Daniel? About a 6.8. Which is, that's pretty good for the Daniel score. I'd give it a solid 8. Uh, like a lot still. And I think, the again, to talk, I keep forgetting to mention this, but, you know, revisiting this movie, it still holds up as far as, like, a lot of the effects. The mu- It's yeah. still iconic to me. Like, it, it doesn't, it hasn't lost its luster uh, as some... Uh, effects tend to do like in my Starfighter. But yeah. nevertheless, uh, of course, if you want to send us an email, at com. Don't forget the other podcast on the Awesome Podcast Network, which we've recently mentioned. Uh, and next week is our Christmas, is pretty much our Christmas episode. So uh, the ghost is out of the bag now. We will be doing my personal favorite Christmas, pure Christmas movie of all time, the Bill Murray 1988 classic, Scrooged. So I hope... You return to watch it. I mean, to listen to our thoughts on it because it's just phenomenal. So let a little love in your heart and come back and visit us all on 80s Revisited next week. Until next time, I remain Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. That's good. On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.